HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking to Eleanor Hayden, founder of Hayden Consultancy, a shopper marketing consulting firm servicing CPG brands and managing retail marketing programs in the U.S. and Canada. Since launching in 2021, Hayden Consultancy has helped over 30 brands with their retail media programming, shopper marketing needs, merchandising strategy, and execution. After managing the convenience and gas business for PepsiCo in Utah, Eleanor moved on to Kodiak Cakes to build out the shopper marketing department from the ground up, and later did the same at Siete Foods. In June of 2021, she ventured out on her own to start Hayden Consultancy. Fun fact, Eleanor is my second guest ever, making a second appearance, and even more fun fact, her first episode on this podcast is the top episode ever of all in the sauce ever, so you're like... I don't know, a celebrity to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So welcome. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to be here. Excited for round two. Yeah. Round two. Um, Okay. So, you know, a lot has changed since the last time we talked about shopper marketing. Now it has, there's this term retail media, which we will get into, um, But I just kind of want to give listeners a little bit of context because if you're diving in right now, we could, this is a little wonky. Um, So basically your first episode on here a couple years ago, I called it building the Bofu. 
because, you know, what you do, whether it's in store or online is sort of that right at the time when a consumer is ready to purchase, they're in the aisle, they're shopping or they're on Instacart or they're on target.com, they're shopping. Um, so to me, that's like the bottom of the marketing funnel. We're not talking about building big awareness, buying billboards, social media. We're talking about, you know, partnering with retailers or Instacart um, and, and capturing that that consumer and getting them to, to buy. Um, right. So in your opinion... Um, Tell me what's changed over the last couple of years. I mean, first of all, a lot has changed since Pepsi, (laughs) but even just in the last couple of years, because the more that I talk to brands, like it's exciting that there are now all these different programs that you can do with all these retailers and everyone's into e-com and that's all great. Um, But we don't have any more dollars. And so now it just feels like we have to be kind of everything everywhere all at once. Um, totally. So yeah. how do you, how do you think about it? The changes and, you know, what's yeah, new? yeah. A lot has changed for sure. Um, COVID I feel like has completely changed shoppers habits. Um, and kind of an exciting way too. I don't know about you, but before COVID I would never order my groceries online. Yeah. And now, uh, Instacart is pulling up at my front door twice a week, probably. Yeah. I mean, I got a couple of kids that eat a lot of snacks and, um, <laughs> So, you know, I'm a huge proponent of Instacart and of course, like all the other wonderful online grocery platforms. But, um, I'd say, you know, some things to think about are like, you know, whole food shoppers used to love an experience, right? Which is why everyone loved doing in-store demos, like mm-hmm. having someone from a brand, making the connection, building super very fans. like homegrown-y. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think that that is still there's a lot of value in that. It's just that to catch up with where everything else is going, it's not scalable enough. So those engagements are super important still, but, um, from a financial perspective can be really costly. Um, and you can't get the same kind of data or, um, results, honestly, even with an in-store demo that you can with, you know, even running like an online grocery, um, delivery sampling program through Whole Foods, like mm-hmm. that's a $4,500 investment for 3000 samples. You know, 3000 people are going to try it. Um, where, you know, uh, even thinking about like Kroger, for example, shoppers at Kroger used to love like clipping a coupon out of the right. uh, newspaper. But um, now everybody's a lot more tech savvy. They're grocery shopping online. So Um, They're still looking for a deal, but the options have changed beyond paper um, and into digital. And then you also have this additional layer of third parties, right? Mm -hmm. So you have like, you have your Kroger, yeah, you have your Kroger coupon, but then you also have like Isle and Visor and Ibotta. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of thinking about about those options as well and what makes the most sense for your brand. Um, And then of course, same thing with digital agencies, I feel like the, it is like the era of consultants. I don't know if you've noticed. Yes, I have. I have noticed. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Everyone's a consultant. Um, no one works in house anymore. It seems like, um, so, you know, really just something that I want to talk a lot about today too, is, is making sure that everybody really knows what to look for in these partners because the options 
are, there are so many options that, um, having a little bit more guidance on how to choose is really helpful, I would think. So, you know, wanting to make sure you're looking at what are your top KPIs? Hey, consultant guy, like what, Mm -hmm. what are, um, how do I even know how to interview these folks basically? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what are they looking for? Um, asking for case studies and honestly just trying to cut the fluff wherever you can. So, um, just getting like those results is really important. So it's funny because I was talking to my mother this morning, who's 84, is not a CPG industry person at all. And she was like, so are you going to spend a lot on advertising the new product line? Mm -hmm. And I didn't even, I was, all that came to mind, I had this visual image of a very big pie and it was cut up into... 20 different slices. And within some of those slices was like three slices, right? So advertising now means so much. And, you know, I think for an emerging brand, so we, you know, I still think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I still think if you are an emerging brand and you're going into Whole Foods, the data that you can get from Whole Foods is still the best data to tell your selling story to either get more Whole Foods regions or go into whether it's Sprouts or Natural Channel or even to go conventional. For so sure. your Whole Foods velocities are still probably, as an early stage brand, if you're going there, the most important. But even like you said, within Whole Foods, let's say you decide, okay, I'm going to spend all my money on Whole Foods. I'm a, you know, that's where I'm going to like put it all in. There's the in-store, there's the promotions, there's the, you know, your personal things, sending people to Whole Foods. I just heard that now they're starting to do digital screens, like end caps Mm -hmm. that are digital screens. I don't know what that's going to look like, but (laughs) yikes. Then you were just talking about a sampling program that I didn't know about until you literally just said (laughs) it. And then... There's WholeFoods.com. There's Amazon for Whole Foods. It's like, yeah. even within that one slice of the pie, how are early stage brands supposed to even start thinking about where we should be spending? And how then, once we sort of start spending, do we know if it's paying off? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And Whole Foods is a great example because they do have a lot of capabilities with a pretty wide range of costs. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even one, mention an end cap or an off shelf or. A, oh my yeah, God. I mean, yeah, because, yeah they, um, they even have like some marketing programs through their headquarters, but they're, I personally haven't. I mean, I think I've maybe run those. I can count on one hand because right. of the, the cost is cost. so high. Um, but I would say, you know, across any retailer, I would take whatever extra dollars you have and focus it first on sponsored search wherever you can. So Whole, mm-hmm. Whole Foods example, I would go to the Whole Foods on Amazon platform. The biggest thing to keep in mind there is to make sure that if your products are also sold on Amazon, that you're pulling specifically the ASIN that's associated with your Whole Foods product. Because if you don't, you will mix up your results and then you might be getting kind of faulty, um, metrics, but, um, 
those are kind of like the small things to keep in mind. They also have that local program, which is actually pretty well priced um, to get some in-store signage and um, mm-hmm. get that call out. Um, and then of course, what we just spoke about the online grocery pickup and delivery, the thing with that, there's kind of a little bit of a barrier because uh, you can only really do sampling for products that are sampleable and not right. frozen or refrigerated. Right. So that's Woo-hoo. why you haven't really heard about it. Yeah. Um, but I'm about to hear about yeah, it. Yeah. You're about <laughs> to hear about it. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I would say, you know, Whole Foods really kind of starting on the sponsored search front and seeing what you can make happen for your brand there and then growing. Um, and so within sponsored search, so, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, generally, and again, just either interrupt me, correct me, or just, you know, hit me. Um, (laughs) there's like the idea of owning your own spot, which to me is like kind of egregious. And yet, I guess we all have to do that. You have to bid on yourself. Is that accurate? So yeah, sometimes for sure. Yeah. So the thing that I like about the Whole Foods platform Mm -hmm. is that even though I talk about it all the time to people, still not a lot of people are participating in it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I know that there's a little bit of a barrier in, the fact that like, you know, setting it up is pretty clunky. I'll be honest. It's not as simple as setting up an Instacart account, but, um, so yes, like you can compete, compete on bids, um, that are for like your competitive brands. But, um, honestly, like we don't really spend that much on branded terms on Instacart. I mean, sorry. Oh my gosh. Whole Whole Foods. Oops. (laughs) So what, so can you break that down a little bit for the lay person? So there's, so we'll get to Instacart in a second, but mm-hmm. cause I was actually moving, I was thinking about Instacart and I was thinking that they're almost the same, but they're not. Yeah. So, yeah. and by the way, I, just to be clear, wholefoods.com is not right. The same is not where you do sponsored search for whole foods. You do that on Amazon for whole foods, not to be right. confused with Amazon. Or Whole Foods. It's Amazon (laughs) for Whole Foods, which by the way, we could end the podcast now. And I feel like people would have learned a lot. (laughs) So when you say you don't spend a lot on branded terms, I think is the expression you used. What does that mean? What does it mean? Okay. So when we're doing sponsored search, we're bidding on a series of keywords. And so you have a few different groups of keywords. So we have Mm -hmm. branded terms, which for Haven's Kitchen would be Haven's Kitchen, mm-hmm. Haven's Kitchen Sauce, Haven's Kitchen Chimichurri. Mm-hmm. That would be a branded term. Then you have non-branded terms, which would be chimichurri, sauces, um, just ones that don't include any sort of branded name in mm-hmm. there. Then you have competitive terms. So it might be, you know, uh, any of your competitors' names or competitors' products. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, there's complementary terms. Like so chicken. we talked exactly. We talked a little bit about that on the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for complementary terms, those I like to reserve for, um, sponsored brands programs, which is, uh, Whole Foods on Amazon's version of a shoppable display ad. So a display ad that comes up and then you can add products to cart directly from that display ad. Mm, Okay. Um, that's how we run it for Haven's Kitchen on Whole Foods on Amazon. Got it. And, um, on Instacart. Okay. So, Going back in general, let's not parse out Whole Foods from Instacart, but generally 
everyone needs to know when you are doing this sort of sponsored search world, those are the four things. Branded, meaning yourself and others, I guess there are three things. Brands, non-brands, like just sauce and mayo and condiments Mm -hmm. and barbecue or whatever, and then things that you go well with that you would like to be a part of the, right. the meal solution for. Yeah. And, and I would actually yeah. separate branded and competitive because okay. when you're bidding on your own branded terms, the strategy is very different than when you're bidding on competitors terms, because okay. on your own terms, you're very yeah. relevant, right? So you really shouldn't have to pay much at all to come up when someone searches Haven's Kitchen, right? So usually those bids are super low where Mm -hmm. when you're trying to bid on a competitor's term, well, if someone searches, you know, another brand, I don't want to, I'm not even going to say another brand, but (laughs) let's say they search another brand's name. Um, If they search that technically Haven's Kitchen isn't super relevant. So you're going to have to pay more for that placement. Right. But it's great for customer acquisition. And that's where we also learn. Uh, we get a lot of data on new to brand. So, um, which now a lot of these platforms do provide new to brand data. How, you know, how many of the shoppers that purchased your product haven't purchased in the last six months. Right. Um, and so, yeah. So sponsored search is generally where you think if you're an early stage brand and you have a little bit of money, that is where you put it. And now the question is, you know, I think for, for most early stage brands aren't going into Kroger and Albertsons right now. I do think a lot of early stage brands are starting at Target. They're starting, we can't even talk about Walmart because that's a whole other episode, but they're starting at Target <laughs> and they will likely have enough, I would imagine, critical mass if they are doing that to also have Instacart. So... Right. Let's talk a little bit about um, Instacart for just a sec. Yeah. So Instacart is, it's funny. I was, I I don't know if I was on LinkedIn and we were talking about something and Instacart seems to be the only thing that's like a sure thing. Like it, it, I don't know if, if the numbers are exactly what they say the ROAS is and for everyone that's like a return on ad spend. So if you spend a dollar and you make a dollar, you've broken even kind of, but you've probably spent more than a dollar. But if you spend a dollar and you make three or $4, then you can do that all day, every day. Um, So Instacart seems to have, there's a real return on that investment it does seem to bring new people into the brand. Just tell me your general yeah. thoughts about it. Yeah. So on Instacart, um, it's not necessarily like a sure thing for everyone. And it, mm-hmm. some people are a little bit more um, picky with how they want to kind of decide if it's successful or not. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've seen a lot of brands do is, um, you know, we've kind of talked about what you were saying, like we spent a dollar to make a dollar, but did we really make a dollar because that's the retail sales, not mm. necessarily like mm-hmm. what I'm selling to the retailer for. Right. So, um, I've been working with some brands and we've been calculating, like I made, I don't know, just made up term of an internal ROAS. So mm-hmm. what's, what's, if we took 60% of the attributed ad sales 
and calculated the ROAS based off of that in our spend, are we still above one? Which is where we would want to be, right? Because we don't want to just break even. Right. Um, we want to be above one. And that's been kind of a, a comforting um, KPI for brands just to make sure that we're still, you know, staying profitable and, and making that um, that ad spend work hard for us. I will say, you know, a lot of people are moving away from, or a lot of brands are moving away from, you know, meta ads and a lot of like the performance marketing stuff. Right. Um, and they're reallocating their, their spend into sponsored search. And, um, I think just when you think about it with meta spend, like we don't get any sales data. Mm-hmm. Um, or like if you do, it's cause you're talking about like your D to C sales and, right. and it's you're like, tracking like, we work it. with yep. this credit card company and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. are you sure that that person bought that product just because they saw the mm-hmm. ad? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of tough to say where this is just, I would say Instacart is really good about being pretty clear on it. And a lot of retailers have followed suit. That's why we now have, you know, um, all these retailers building their own internal agencies, like, um, you have like Kroger Precision Marketing and Walmart Connect and Target Roundel. And they're, they, at first they were all working with, a lot of them were working with third-party right. uh, companies. Like Target was working with Criteo and Citrus. Kroger was working with uh, Promote IQ, but Kroger recently brought it all in-house. And Target is also planning to bring it all in-house in February. Um, Albertson Safeway, uh, brought in quite a bit. They used to work with quotient. Now they're doing it all on their own with AMC. So there's just a lot of, um, change. And I think the retailers are starting to get more and more jazzed on the vendor income opportunities, um, which is even can be a little stressful because they're using it as a kind of, uh, negotiation tactic with brands. Hey, you want to, if you want me to carry your product, you got to spend this much on our, Well, but they, they do that anyway. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, part of what's been a little challenging on the brand side is saying, okay, you want X, Y, Z for your off shelf, or you want us to promote four times a year, but we're spending $3,000 a month on your e-com yeah. platform and the buyer doesn't seem to care. Like to them, that's like a totally separate thing. It's not part of the way that they calculate their margin on the brand. And so, I mean, possibly if there is a way for your buyer to understand what you're doing in store, what you're doing promotions and what you're doing on their e-com, that could actually be a good thing. Totally. Oh, they love it. I mean, they do love it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. they want to know that you're engaging like with their marketing teams and and working on it. I was more just kind of saying, you know, sometimes it can be a little scary for some brands because they might expect really large spends. And so, yeah, you know, just, well, I remember when I, I mean, I think you and I talked about this on the first one. I remember one of the early retailers telling us that, you know, that we were expected to buy, you know, four ads in their circular or something. Mm -hmm. And just being like, does anyone read the circular? And then being like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like it's, that's just, it's just part of the cost of doing business. So, but it is nice. One thing I've seen is like, yeah, a lot of times the buyer I've, I've seen it happen. Oh my gosh. So many times with buyers, like, I want you to spend a hundred grand on demos in store. And I'm like, oof, Mm -mm. can we please, what if, what if we spent it 
mm-hmm. but not on demos. And let's talk about some of your other digital options that I know right. are stronger tactics for these retailers. Um, and a lot of times they're totally up for it. It's and I guess going into that, are there, is, does every different retailer have a different set of strong tactics? And are you yeah. just looking at, you're just looking at the sales. We did this, this led to this sales or, you know, how are you, I guess, is the sort of leader yeah, here. Even, yeah. Calculating it. I even allocate budget. So usually when we're looking at, you know, what's our budget for the year, and how we want to allocate it to each retailer. Some retailers, maybe they're generating enough sales for us to support with so much spend, but because their tactic capabilities are maybe not as great as some of our other partners, mm-hmm. I'll say, hey, reallocate that spend to one of these other ones because I know you're going to get the payoff here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wegmans is like such a great retailer for so many brands. Everyone loves retail, uh, loves Wegmans. The thing that's tough about them is that there are no shopper marketing yeah. pro- programs because they're so focused on their private, private label, label, which I totally understand, but um, it's tough. So a lot of times when brands say, where should I spend on Wegmans? I'm There's like, nowhere you to either, spend. <laughs> yeah, you could maybe reinvest it in a TPR if they allow, but I don't even think they They don't know that. they're in yeah. ADLP. Yeah. Yeah. No, Wegmans so, is like your hands are fully tied. It's just you got to like, do well or leave, right. you know? There's a magazine that they're like, oh, put the money in there. I'm like, oh gosh, for love of God, <laughs> please do not put money into a grocery magazine. But... <laughs> What we did with Haven's Kitchen was we invested that spend in Instacart because yep. Wegmans is a retailer on there. And we talked about it on the last call, but you guys saw a whole um, a whole point on your velocity growth from, yep. from that. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. All right. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking shopper, retail media. You're going to tell me what it all means. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. I'm back with Eleanor Hayden talking shopper, retail media. What is retail media? (laughs) So um, it's anything directly related with the retailer marketing programs and their, well, retailer media. Um, So we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Target Roundel and Critio and then, you know, KPM Walmart Connect. Um, most of the time when people are talking about retail media, they're talking about sponsored search or display mm-hmm. ads or shoppable display, but there are some other exceptions that are included in retail media. Like, you know, Kroger has a targeted digital coupon program. Target has multi-vendor and solo campaigns that are, um, you know, on-site and off-site ads. So there's, there's some other kind of, 
pieces like that. But really the, the ongoing spend and the nitty gritty of retail media is sponsored search and uh, display and shoppable display. And does Instacart count as retail media, even though it's not a specific retailer? No. no. So I use Instacart in a completely different section of the budget. Um, okay. I calculate my Instacart budget very different from how I would calculate the retail media budget um, for each Because it can't be attributed to one particular, it's kind of like a, you have to like amortize it over all right. the different stores. Yeah. So usually Instacart, I always, I'm like, let's, let's max out Instacart. And then of course, you know, Kroger, Target, Walmart, where, where, you know, most brands are really prioritizing their spend. Um, but yeah, I would say those. Okay. So, and going, I just want to go back to Instacart for a second, because I feel like we've had a lot of success on there and I'd like to share that success. Um, you know, it's, and I do think that we've been very, I mean, Courtney is like the, she's going to measure every, I mean, if you took a cab instead of drove to the airport, that's going into like, <laughs> did we really make a dollar or did we make a dollar minus the amortized cab fare that over For that? Sure. Right. So it's not just whether or not it's the retail versus our price to them. It's also are you being intellectually honest about what you've actually spent? So that means if you are working with an agency or a consultant, that means if you are, yes, you know, in any way, any cost associated with Instacart has to be a part of whether or not you're making a return, which I'm not sure that everyone totally does, but. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's like, you could dissect any platform, um, to the bare bones, but I, think like at the end of the day, like when we think about marketing spend, there is so much marketing spend allocated towards brand awareness. And mm-hmm. just now in the last you know couple of years, we've really been able to show revenue and mm-hmm. attributed sales and profitability and all these really fun metrics. Um, and I feel like it's kind of like a give a mouse a cookie situation because mm-hmm. it's like, you're like, great. I'm, I get all this data. Yeah, I want a glass um, of milk. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, when, when we're thinking about, you know, where to spend and what our tactics are, I know like all of these, every program has opportunity to be better for sure. Right. Um, but you know, in terms of, of what we have access to today and what is like the best way to reach the consumer and, um, kind of get where we need to go from growing our velocities and, um, you know, new to brand is, you know, that's why I kind of really lean into sponsored search and display. Right. But like, you know, Instacart, I know we, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about strategy and like how our brands kind of really yeah. able to get, get into it. Cause it is tough, right? Like if you've never done it before, you're kind of just on a lot of guess and check. Now the Instacart platform is super user-friendly, which is great. Yeah. Um, but the other ones aren't. Right. <laughs> so, But Instacart is kind of, I mean, because it, again, you know, Whole Foods is sort of separate, but if you're a new brand, you're probably going to show up on Instacart Mm -hmm. because you're going to be in those regional or natural channel or smaller retailers that don't have their own e-com. And so it is a nice place to spend because you are going to be across, you know, whether my friends buy us at Ralph's or Bristol Farms, we're showing up you know, sure. I yeah. think unless no, for sure. It. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So, you know, what is the, if you had to just sort of say, 
get on Instacart, make yourself a login and do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. What would they be? So yeah, get on Instacart, make yourself a login, <laughs> um, call me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but you know, I would recommend you know, setting up a campaign with your top UPCs, mm-hmm. seeing how that performs with the keywords that you input. Um, if you're pretty, you know, focused on a specific budget and you really don't want to go over and you just want to see what that can do for you. Um, Instacart does have an optimized bidding uh, option where it essentially manages the campaign for you using AI. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great tool if you don't have anybody to manage your programs. Mm-hmm. My only qualm with it is that uh, it's only based on the your target ROAS. So you just say, I want a 3X ROAS, mm-hmm. which Sounds nice, but um, if let's say you know you put in that you want a three x ROAS, but it can only spend twenty bucks, right? Walk away with sixty dollars. Where does bringing our ROAS target down to a two unlock additional spend to get us to maybe spending a thousand dollars? You get two thousand dollars that you're walking away from. You know what I mean? So it's just ROAS to sales is not linear. So I have an issue with optimized bidding from that perspective. But I will say you know, it's not uh, like an option. Um, really, I feel like the performance begins to plateau and your growth just kind of stops on optimized bidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, shameless plug, I'm going to be running a shopper marketing bootcamp at Expo yes. West this year. Amazing. Um, actually inspired by Courtney. Courtney asked me to put together a bootcamp back in 2021. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to do that. Um, so I'm excited to, to talk all things Instacart and, and really get into kind of the strategy about how we're going to be doing Instacart bidding and things like that. Amazing. And then, so in terms of Y and Z, Mm -hmm. there's, I mean, going back to basics, you want to make sure that you are bidding on obviously your brand. Do you want to start off bidding on who you see as potential competition. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you want keywords like, you know, if you are a chip company, you bid mm -hmm. on Cheetos and Doritos or they're just too expensive or you bid on. Yeah. I think there's a, so if you're a natural brand, realistically, if you're selling, like, let's say you're selling like a clean label Cheeto. Mm Mm-hmm like, well, are actual Cheetos consumers pro- like who you're looking for? Over, right? Do you think they're going to switch over? Or do you want to target maybe um, some other clean label snacking brands like Good Crisp or mm-hmm. Jackson's or, you know, whatever it is. Simple um, Mills even. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and the, I would think of it that way. I mean, there are times for sure where Cheeto could be an option in that situation, but I foresee it spending a lot and maybe not generating as much. And then going back to that complimentary term thing, if you are Mm -hmm. a a better for you Cheeto or whatever, Mm -hmm. would the complimentary term be soda or seltzer or, you know, like what, yeah, it's just something. So I would put in, yeah. yeah, I'd put in soda, seltzer, um, healthy snacks even, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking of other, uh, healthy drinks, dips, exactly. Like what are other things that people would be buying in their grocery cart? Um, if you're working with a bread brand, bid on eggs and 
produce. Like what a great, I mean, people are searching produce so much, right? Everyone is getting grapes or tomatoes Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, so if you can find a way to be complimentary or, um, or even, you know, a non-branded term with a produce product or produce title, you'll be set. I will say complimentary terms though, I really would reserve for shoppable display. I wouldn't really do it for keyword search. Okay. And shoppable display is like a, a picture so shoppable display is <laughs> shoppable display is uh so you know like the display banner ads that go across on your Instacart? Yes. It's just like a banner ad, but instead of being just the banner, it has a picture and then it has like your three or four items that are available for people to add directly to their cart from the banner. So it's a great tool because you can have your products appear on pages you would not normally got it so it's not like on the home page of instacart but like we would want to have like on the salmon page we would want a ginger miso shoppable display ad exactly got it as opposed to a keyword on salmon perfect yes okay i totally understand that okay Mm -hmm. so how this person who has set up their account they've bid Mm -hmm. on the things they've put a thousand dollars in they want a ROAS of three or whatever it is. How do they know, how do they know what's worked and how do they know what hasn't worked? Yeah. So with optimized bidding, it's tough because the data is pretty masked. You can go in and pull like a CSV report. Um, That's like if people are kind of willing to, to dig into the the data. Um, right. I mean, you also don't have to use optimized bidding. You can manage it yourself. Right. That's what a lot of people do. Um, yeah. So let's say you're managing it that. yourself. You're you're yeah. not like me in any way, and you know <laughs> how to do all of this stuff, and you're managing it yourself. What what are you looking for? You yeah. know, to know if you've spent enough, if you've spent too much, sure. if you're spending in the right spot. You know, yeah. how much? So. Yeah. You open up your ad group and you're taking a look and you're the first thing I usually look at is where's my ROAS and where's my spend. Um, Mm -hmm. and knowing what maybe if my team has already given me a budget or if they haven't, I mean, I work with a lot of brands that I, I say like, Hey, if you trust me, I can give you a budget recommendation. Just give me a week in the platform. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're like, absolutely do not spend more than this, then let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. But there's times where I'm like, I'm going to optimize it as much as, um, I can to make sure that you're making, you're making as much as possible, not from an attributed sales perspective, but from a gross profitability, which isn't a perfect calculation, but essentially I look at, you take your revenue and you Mm -hmm. subtract your ad spend because it gives you an extra layer that ROAS isn't going to give you similar to what we just spoke about. So in that example from earlier, a three X ROAS on a $20 spend, your, uh, gross profitability is $40. Right. Exactly. Where on a two X you've made a thousand, uh, on a thousand dollars. So, right. um, so I try to look there and see okay. based on our performance from the last month, how have we done now? If I see, let's say I see like the spend is really low and the ROAS is pretty high, which is a pretty good problem to have. Um, mm-hmm. then That's I'm going to go to us. I remember totally. Yeah. I, I, then I would go in and take a look at, um, what are your top performing keywords? And 
you know, adjust the bids and make sure that they're being supported properly. Um, and then if it's the other way around, let's say you're spending really fast and your ROAS is pretty low, then mm-hmm. I would go and adjust keywords. There are a few other things similarly that you can do. Um, some fun other tricks that I'll be teaching at the boot camp, but yeah. also um, well, <laughs> loving yes. to, to talk more about it here too. Um, yeah, just looking at that and then also making sure that your default bid. So a lot of people don't are like, what's a default bid? Yeah. Um, it's this, it's this little bid, like right on the front page, when you click into a campaign that doesn't really, they, nobody talks about it much. Um, but that bid is, it's where you're coming up on Instacart that isn't keyword related. So mm. if you guys are shopping on Instacart and you see like charcuterie essentials and it's mm-hmm. like, all these pro- like a banner of all these products, um, and it says sponsored, that's from your default bid. Or if you're clicking into- Oh, because they'll just put you into that even if you haven't- Ah, got it. You're essentially bidding on those placements using your default bid. Right. So taking a look and making sure, you know, sometimes if, you're, if your ROAS is, is too low um, and you're spending a lot, maybe it's because your default bid is too high. So got things it. like that. Okay. So I feel like we've got a good handle on Instacart. Yeah. Is there, I, I'm assuming there's a point where like, you spend a thousand good, you spend 2000 good at some point, does it start to plateau? Like spending more doesn't make more or, uh, yeah, I mean it, it can for sure. Um, you know, then you have stories. It's, it's tough to say because like we just, we were just featured on, um, Instacart, from our work with Olipop, for example. Mm-hmm. So like we started working with Olipop in December of 22 and they were just number two on the fastest growing brands list um, yeah. on Instacart. And it was because we were able to double their sales on Instacart in a year. Um, and that's because we were just constantly working on that strategy. We log into Instacart so many times a week, mm-hmm. um, adjusting keywords, making sure everything's supported properly, making sure we're not spending on keywords that aren't generating. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there can be a point of plateauing, but I, I think to me, when I see that, it's like challenge accepted. Let's, let's right. the script. No, I here. love that. I mean, by the way, you know, that's like goals for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like sure. I know this is going to happen. Okay. Yeah. So going back to the whole foods on Amazon, um, it's a little different, but yes. is there, it seems like you are bullish on some of these media retail media sites. <laughs> it's very clunky for me. It seems like a Whole Foods portal has a little bit more interest to you at this point than maybe Albertsons, for example, because yes. that is where the Whole Foods shopper is comfortable adding things to their cart. Maybe Amazon's a part of that maybe the Albertsons shopper isn't quite as that's just not what they do yet. They're not necessarily buying everything on .com or it's, is it yeah. just, it's, it's a little clunky. Like not every yeah. retailer has a, the same options, but yeah. B the same kind of return performance. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the risk of upsetting my friends at Albertsons. No, we um, love you Albertsons, but you know, them. this is I, I just mean, for hey, early, early stage brands who need to be yeah. very careful with their spending. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I've spoken even to my friends at Albertsons about this too. And Mm -hmm. it's cool. Like Albertsons is investing a lot into their media programs and their website to try and grow their foot traffic on their site. Mm -hmm. Right now it is pretty light. So, um, it's challenging when, you know, we're trying to see, okay, should we be supporting Albertsons Safeway with so much spend? Um, but that's why, you know, you've probably they get slotting. <laughs> exactly. They get the slotting. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, even like their, their AMC programs, they're, they're really expensive. Um, mm-hmm. and so I usually recommend holding off there too, but, um, you know, Whole Foods, for example, has, a great sponsored search program. Again, their back end's pretty clunky and I don't mm-hmm. really see them changing it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is a kind of hidden little gem, um, that, that we're seeing some really great results. Yeah. On. And then sprouts. So sprouts yeah. switched over or something happened. They were on Instacart. Now they have their own thing or it is so Instacart, sprouts, but I don't get spr- it. Yeah. <laughs> so sprout, <laughs> sprouts is still an Instacart, but Instacart is working with sprouts similarly to how they do with Costco where they've built like, uh, an integration within like their home site. So like on sprouts.com, you can now put in a grocery order mm-hmm. on sprouts.com and it's, it's powered, powered by, Instacart. by Instacart and just like how Costco is. Are you bidding the same way on that that you are on Instacart? Neutral? So generally, yeah. generally yes, but Instacart also launched a completely separate program, which to confuse everyone a little bit further, mm-hmm. um, it's a beta program that they're running where you can you can put campaigns together specifically just for Sprouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's cool about that is that you can see Sprout specific data which, um, is something Instacart and like everyone on Instacart has been like, oh, you'll never get retailer specific data. That's like right, impossible. Right, right. So a lot of people get really excited about the Sprouts program. Um, actually the fresh market is running the same thing. Right. We haven't seen as much momentum with that one. Um, but the Sprouts one's pretty good. So Amazing. you have that, but Costco doesn't have one, even though you have Costco same day, but yeah, one trick for everyone on Costco, if you're a Costco shopper, um, if you order your Instacart groceries through sameday.costco.com, you'll get better pricing than you would if you went to Instacart, Instacart and, and Costco. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. And by the way, the pricing's already like Costco pricing. So exactly. that's a yeah. nice little tip. Yeah. I'm not even going to go into Sam's and Walmart because yeah, their no sponsored problem. stuff is totally different. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Target though, because, okay. um, it's funny, you know, I always think of the retailers as like Teletubbies or like Barbies. <laughs> like I, I'm like, like, did you, do you ever play the game Essences with your family? Like if this person were a vegetable, what vegetable would they be? If this uh, person yes. were a time yes. of day, what time would they be? Like, <laughs> I'm always like, if this person were a grocery store, what grocery store would oh they be? Gosh, right. Because like so good. there, there are these personas almost yes. and they, they have these personalities. So Target is interesting because they're mass and they're, you know, they're sort of in the same bucket as a Walmart and yet they play really well or try to, depending on how you, who you ask, like with early stage brands, they like a good marketing story. They have their incubator. They, you know, they do sort of, um, 
they have a lot of stuff. Um, And I remember at some point when we had the fresh in Target, we, our buyer was basically like, just put all your money into the, you know, target.com because I don't have the bandwidth or the power like of human beings to go put yellow tags up on the shelves. So it's just much quicker and easier if you can just click a switch and have a discount on the dot com. Absolutely. Is that still the case? And like, what are the options with Target? And can you do sort of the, those yeah. banner and meal solution type of things? Or are you just bidding on keywords? And what's yeah. the deal with Roundel and Critio? And uh, there's so in. many things. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, some of the things are the same. Um, when you're talking about like target circle where people can add circle. you know, the offer directly yeah. like online, mm-hmm. that's usually something that you would set up through your sales account manager, your broker, yeah. um, through your, you know, target portal. That's a little bit out of my sandbox, but, yes. um, in terms of, you know, sponsored search and supporting the circle offers and supporting your TPRs, mm-hmm. um, you know, I agree. I think the first dollar should go directly into the sponsored search program, which mm-hmm. right now is through Critio or Citrus. Um, I might also get a little uh, grumpy maybe from Citrus by saying this, but I think you should go to Critio, everybody. I'm not sure um, there are that many people from Citrus who Citrus listen to listening. In the Sauce. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, I, you know, I use Citrus for um, a lot of other retailers, but the Critio, uh, Critio program is just, I've just seen better results and I've, I've tested it across brands and a lot of different categories and, um, Critio just has stronger performance on Critio Target. also used to work for fresh direct too, but is, that, with, not yeah, the, is that still no, they the case? Still do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, it's a little bit of a twofer. So yeah, Critio yeah. has a lot of great retailers. Um, they have BJ's They Oh, actually BJ's is on promote IQ now. Sorry. Mm. Critio has, um, Meyer, Target, Walgreens, mm-hmm. Fresh Direct, Giant Eagle. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, uh, oh, and Uber Eats, if mm. you're doing Uber Eats these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Critio is great for that. The one thing about Target that is different from all of the sponsor search we've talked about so far mm-hmm. is that Target runs on a first price bidding strategy. So, okay. Um, Instacart, Whole Foods, that's all second price. Now, what does that mean? Oh my (laughs) gosh, this is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So the difference between first price and second price bidding. Um, so let's say you bid a dollar on a keyword and Mm -hmm. I bid $2 on a keyword Mm -hmm. in first price bidding, I win and I would pay the full $2 in second price bidding. I win, but I'd only pay a dollar and a penny. I pay one cent more than you. So which one does that? So Target, Instacart. So Instacart and um, Instacart and Walmart. Or sorry, Whole Foods. Oh my gosh, Instacart and Whole Foods are on second price bidding. That's the the better priced one. Yes, Target. Target, You get expensive, so you you have to be really careful. Yeah. The strategy on a Target 
is so different than your strategy on Instacart. Instacart, you can be a little bit flexible, a little bit riskier with your bids. Where right. on Target, you want to start at the bottom and work your way up. It's like, remember um, on the Price is Right, where they would be, would they be <laughs> like, how much do you, and she'd be like $4.20 because you could be, you couldn't be over, but you could be, but this is crazy yes. because on the other ones, arguably you could just bid a thousand dollars on everything. I mean, if you, that would be scary, but you could in the sense that you could only pay one penny more than the lowest bid. Right. But the, the, so then there's an additional layer, right? You have your bid that chooses if you win, but you also have relevancy. Mm. So let's say, okay, the Instacart robot says, okay, I have these 10 brands bidding on this keyword. Well, mm-hmm. six of these brands aren't relevant and their bid isn't high enough for to throw me off my game. So I'm just right. going to ignore their bid. Then I look at these ones that are left. Now, let's say of those six brands, one was bidding that $1,000 bid. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you get through. But then you're bidding on probably too many keywords. You're mm-hmm. winning every time where it doesn't make sense. You don't want to win every time. You want right. to win where it's relevant. Got it. I have brands messaging me at least once yeah. a week being like, ah, I searched this keyword and I didn't come up. And I'm yeah. like, that's okay. Because right. I don't need, if it comes up hundred percent of the time, we're spending way too much money. Right. Um, so we want to come up just when we really, you know, think that the person will purchase. Got it. Um, wow. Okay. This is why everyone should call you. Okay. <laughs> and then going, but, but maybe not too many people. Because hey, you, no, you can't get we'll, overwhelmed. We'll bring more people. I'll teach okay. more people. Maybe Amazing. we'll find people. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so Target. So yes, the the circle stuff is like you do that with your Target broker. Everyone has a Target broker because it's impossible to do. I think right. without a broker. Then there's um, the Critio sponsored search, which is where you're doing keywords, but you have to do it carefully. Again, I would be careful there, but it is a good place to spend your money because people are shopping online at Target. Yeah. Target also has, there's other bidding, you can bid on other placement types on Target, but we only have so much time on this call, so I'm not going to inundate you. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So from you guys, so let's talk about like Hayden Consultancy. Yeah. um, Because... I went to the website just to sort of start even organizing my questions and it's very, very helpful. You talk about sponsored search, you talk about display ads, you talk about shoppable display. What is the difference between a display ad and a shoppable display? It's just, you can click and add it to cart. Mm -hmm. And then the display ad is like a traditional ad banner where when you click it, it takes you to a brand page and then you have to add to cart. So it's an extra step. Got it. Okay. Bidding strategy you talked about, it's kind of, you want to play it out and test and make sure it's relevant. You don't want to come up all the time because then you're overspending because you come up all the time anyway. And bidding on it is just eating at your own. It's like bidding on yourself, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then focus on KPI, focus KPIs on sales, velocity, and profitability growth. So sales, I think we've covered. That's pretty straightforward velocity. Is there a way to measure velocity on Mm -hmm. these things through these portals? 
Yeah. So um, we actually just did a case study for a brand um, on Kroger Velocity mm-hmm. Growth. And so, um, you know, they were running Kroger sponsored search. They've been running it for a long time, years. Mm-hmm. And then we tested, um, you know, we ran a targeted digital coupon at Kroger. And then um, there was another time that we ran um, like an LCM, just some of their other programs. And we looked at the boost in sales. So each thing. For each, during each time period. Got it. And made sure that, you know, it was a time that we weren't running any other promos or things like that. Mm -hmm. You can kind of um, see what, you know, check the sales lift and then calculate velocity growth from there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) it's it's a little, it's a little tough. I mean, so like with Wegmans, how we did it with Wegmans, it was like, we knew Instacart was the only thing that we were running. So when you saw the boost, it was easy to kind of see, okay, well that had to have been from. Right. Exactly. Somehow Instacart shoppers are able to find our sauces, which are at the bottom of a refrigerator in the middle of the store under a metal pan. I don't know. I don't know how they have the fortitude to go find us, but they find us. So it's probably on Instacart. I think about it all the time. Like as a shopper, I just go and I, I search for the products I want. And like, how many times have you walked through a grocery store and been like, can't find it? Guess they don't have it. No, but that's what I mean. Like some, these, these, the people that are working for Instacart, the boots Mm -hmm. on the ground, people that are going and opening that refrigerator and finding our sauce and putting it in the basket and like delivering it to the, like, God bless them because that's our whole Wegmans business because I don't, I don't know who else is finding the sauce there. (laughs) I love them, but we got to move. Okay. So Let's talk about the the boot camp. So we do want to give a big shout out to Courtney. I, you know, you've been critical for us in all of our, you know, online just trials and tribulations and efforts and everything that we've tried to do. And it's been amazing working with you. Um, and I know that Courtney, our head of marketing, has just been like Eleanor. Oh, like yeah. you have a gift, you have something <laughs> like people want to know, you got to teach the people, you got to put it out there. You got to grow. You can toot your own horn, become mm-hmm. a, we love this thought leader. Um, so yes. Yeah, so big shout out to her. Um, Absolutely. but you know, now that you have your business and you're going to be doing this boot camp at Expo West. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about the boot camp, and then we'll finish yeah. up with you can tell me about the business a little bit. Sure thing. Yeah. So um, I went to a shopper marketing boot camp, gosh, like 2019. Mm-hmm. And there were just like, it was really a really good kicking off point. But there was, you know, almost nothing about anything Online. digital. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was all about retailer relationship building, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, so this boot camp is totally inspired by that one where I just want to be, I want a full day learning session for people come with your notepads. We're not doing any sponsors, no keynotes, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be just education training intensive. Like let's do this. I want to get you guys as much information as possible. Um, because I do think that there are a lot of brands that need support here and we're in a, in a phase of like, we, we need to get people going on this stuff and mm-hmm. really teach, um, 
teach about it. So the morning session is called maximizing ROI across shopper marketing and retailer programs. So this is more kind of traditional shopper marketing. We're going to discuss the top retailer marketing programs. We're going to talk through the shopper journey, um, dig into like most effective coupon strategies. This is probably something for shopper marketers, but also if, you know, there are CEOs, CMOs, people who are wanting to learn here, Hey, I'm hearing a lot about shopper marketing. Should Mm -hmm. I bring it in? That is the session for you. One thing we didn't really talk about is those digital coupons and sampling. So that's a whole other thing that is not Mm. retailer specific, Yeah. right? That's like the aisles and the visors and the social natures of the world. Sure. And also the old school coupons, like the real, the coupon coupons. Mm -hmm. Um, People are confused about that stuff too. And it's another place to spend money that I think people are a little bit just, there's just so many places to spend money. So just maybe a second on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, I know you guys are using aisle and social nature and people are hearing about visor and then there's Mm -hmm. Ibotta. Um, aisle is great because it's super easy to get set up and go live. The only thing that's challenging is it's a lot of work for the consumer. They have to send the receipt and the thing. Exactly. That's hard. Yeah. Um, I personally, you know, it's no secret. I'm an advisor at Visor. I'm an investor <laughs> in the business. I really mm-hmm. believe in Visor. And by I the way, I love them too. And I love Dylan and yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And Sam, the CEO, she's incredible. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'd be, I'm just blown away by her, um, as well, but yeah. So with Visor, I think what I really love about them is it is a little bit, it's more work for the brand for sure to get it mm-hmm. set up and everything live. But it is such a seamless, smooth process for the shopper that, you know, um, I would say like the biggest opportunity for Visor is just getting into some more retailers. Retailers. Because they're um, like in the big ones from what yeah. I recall. They're they're not really exactly. in the smaller ones or in the natural channel as much. Yeah, they're Kroger, Walmart, um, Rite Aid, all of a whole giant gulp. So they have a good amount, but right. um still definitely working on, on some other relationships, which I know they're going to get because it's such a great product and everyone everyone should be part of it. So, and um, sorry, going back to, are there, does, I mean, I know you said Whole Foods has like a sampling program. mm -hmm. Um, is that the same as like a digital coupon, but it's just specifically through Whole Foods or are they just like throwing stuff in your bag? They're throwing stuff in your bag. Love so that. you send, you know, for that one region for 4,500 bucks, you send them 3000 samples and then they put it into 3000, uh, grocery pickup orders. It's not targeted. You can't pick the type of person that, you know, mm-hmm. this woman has two kids or whatever, right. um, <laughs> but it's a great way to get people to try the product. Yeah, um, I love that. And the CAC on it is usually a lot less than most field right. marketing initiatives. So I honestly re- recommend a lot of field marketing spend going towards Just so everyone like that. knows uh, CAC is cost of acquisition or otherwise known as CAC. Okay. (laughs) Um, go back, sorry, to the afternoon session. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, there also, there's so much more that we could talk about on the digital coupons, um, which is why there's a whole section on it in the bootcamp, but yes, the afternoon session, it's a deep dive into sponsored search and retail media. So we're going to talk through, uh, bidding strategies. I'm going to literally teach you guys how I do Instacart. Like amazing. Um, 
this is stuff that even clients we work with don't spend our time wanting right. to, to learn because they're like, okay, you manage that. Just tell me what to do here. Yeah. Um, but you know, for some of the smaller brands, if you know, it's not really like in your budget yet to, to bring on an agency and you want to figure out how to kind of get a good kicking off point, this is a session for you. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about platform specific strategies and then both sessions will have a live Q and a with me. Um, so you guys will be able to ask whatever questions you have. Um, and then you'll also leave with a shopper marketing and retail media workbook that I wrote. So, amazing. Um, and so Eleanor, really how do people yeah. sign up for this? Because this totally, is amazing. Yeah. So the tickets, um, are available on my website. You can just go to the website, click the bootcamp link and go grab yourself a ticket. We also have bundled tickets for if, uh, we have a deal for if you buy, um, two or more tickets from the same company, or, um, if you want the full day, there's a deal for that as well. And the first 25 tickets, um, have a special price as well. Early bird pricing. So groovy. Okay. So, and when does that go live? That goes live this week. Oh, I'm not okay. sure exactly when the podcast okay. airs. So the podcast is going to air in like not this Thursday, but the Thursday after. So it oh. will be live by then. I'll Perfect. just link to it um, okay. instead of you. your picture. Yes, that <laughs> sounds great. Um, all right. Well, this was amazing. We're going to have to have you on for part two. Um, <laughs> yes. By the way. I appreciate the suggestion. This is not going to be called as originally planned building the Bofu part de because that is super random, but I thought it was funny. So it's it is cute. going to be called something a little smarter. Um, but huge congrats on the so business, much. on um, all of your growth, on everything. Thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Thank you for all of this information. Um, it's just awesome. Working thank you with so you. much for having me. And thank you guys so much for leaning in. I mean, Haven's Kitchen is still one of the very first clients I've ever had. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to be there for a long time. So yes. <laughs> don't replace <laughs> us. <laughs> no, no. You um, always will have a place. <laughs> yay. Um, and Liam, as always, thank you so much for engineering and, um, for making sure that this gets out into the world because, we know that that is not my strong suit. Um, listeners, happy, happy new year. I hope everyone had some sort of rest. Oh, well, you'll already have had one episode of the new year, but this is my first episode back for the new year. So anyway, I still wish you the best and I hope you <laughs> had a great new year. And um, I will be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.